What's up, Elite Army? This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Well Ish. Bethany Nicole, welcome to Wellish. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. I wanted you to be on the show because, like we were talking about, I think the work that you do with relationships is going to be really impactful for this episode and what I'm really trying to get across. So I really like to let my guests introduce themselves. I think it paints a really good picture of what we're going to be talking about. So would you mind giving your own introduction, telling me what it is you do? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, I'm Bethany Nicole, um, and I'm an astrologer, relationship expert, and freelance writer. And I really focus in on kind of the energetics of relationships. I use a lot of astrology, um, kind of things like that. And it really gets to some of the deeper issues of what's going on with how we relate to each other, how we relate to ourselves, which is perfect for this episode, um, and just kind of how we can improve ourselves and use relationships as kind of portals to transformation both for ourselves and for our partners so cool I love that I love the astrology thing I'm really I'm really into that (laughs) I love that that's kind of the place so I want to start off by kind of talking about what it looks like to love yourself when you're single so can you explain what that, that does look like to love yourself when you're single in your opinion Absolutely. I personally think being single is one of the best times of your life. I think it gets a bad rap. People act like it's some sort of place they don't want to be. You know, they're trying to get out of it really quickly. Um, But I think, you know, change the mindset on that. It's really one of the best times of your life. And I mean, if you really think about it, even just in terms of years, right? Like if you get married, hopefully once, that's what everyone's shooting for, then you're married for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, in comparison to that, you're usually single, maybe five, six total. I mean, at most, right? Um, yeah, right. That's interesting. So I just feel like, you know, when clients come to me and are like struggling in that space, then I really do encourage them to like enjoy it and love themselves and find ways to really utilize it because um, again, you know, I'm very into the astrology of things. And so I kind of say like, if the universe puts you in that situation, use it, transform with it, like utilize this gift that you're being given, even though maybe it doesn't always feel quite like a gift if you're going through a bad breakup or whatever. Um, But, you know, I was even talking to a friend just yesterday and she's more of a relationship person. She's been in relationships most of her adult life and she's like, I'm loving it. Like I get to go to shows when I want to go to shows. I get to go on hikes when I want to go on hikes. I'm like, that's exactly the vibe. (laughs) Like do whatever (laughs) it is that you want to do. Now's your time to really love yourself and love your life. And really, I think it's cool too, to kind of create a life without anybody else's influence, because I think it helps you get really clear on what you really do love and what you really want your life to look like. Um, Mm -hmm. because people Mm. realize like, wow, I'm actually really extroverted. I I really kind of stayed home because my partner liked that or vice versa. Like, oh my gosh, I'm just so relieved. I don't have to go to like all these music festivals. Like I didn't actually like that. That was me in one of my relationships. I was like, I never have to go to another crowded music festival. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) That's hilarious. That is so true too, that it, it allows you to see what your it's all it helps you look for a partner more because you know yeah. yourself more you look for somebody that matches you better because you spend yeah. time alone that's so exactly cool. and you can come into a new relationship much more aligned 
you know, saying like, you know, I'm really not a fan of music festivals. And the the new person can be like, great, me neither. Like, you, and you're more compatible, you know, because each person should really be allowed to do what they love and not really be forced to do a ton of stuff they don't, you know? Right. Completely. Yeah, that makes sense. Middleton loves that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you think that, um, what do you think that single people would really benefit from knowing when it comes to self-love? Do you think that that's the the idea that it's a gift? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that you can really create a life in a situation that makes you fall in love with yourself and fall in love with your own situation and, and who you are as a person, because, you know, sometimes we can get a little bit off course, like, you know, like who I am at music festivals is not my best self right? because I don't really love it, but who I am on like a, you know, five mile hike, like that's my best life. That's, you know, you can really fall in love with yourself and the better aspects and what things are really true to you. And I think that you can really find some hobbies and like, I think, you know, it's definitely self-love and it's also so much self-love that you're falling in love with your life and with your own situation and everything about yourself that you can really value and bring to the forefront for somebody else. Absolutely. That's so true. I feel like the thing with it too, is it's, you were talking about how people feel that way, which is so true that people feel like horrible about being single and like, it sucks. And I want to escape this place, but it really is an opportunity to feel complete and happy on your own if you're doing it right, quote unquote, like focusing on you and trying to find things that you enjoy and like and want to do. And I like that perspective a lot because I think in, I when I have been single in the past, I can picture me completely just being like, well, I'm lonely and I hate my life and nobody <laughs> loves me. <laughs> but if you actually like put intention behind it, that's really an awesome way to go about it. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool time too, to really, you know, reconnect with friends and reconnect with, you know, family and Mm -hmm. reconnect with, you know, different communities that maybe you wouldn't have been involved in, in partnership, because sometimes when you have a partner, that's kind of like your little unit, like you're not really as lonely. So you're not really seeking out, or if you are seeking it out, you're maybe seeking it out in partnership, but you know, it's just such a good time to meet new people, even just on like friend level or just community wise. And that's another thing too, that I really encourage, you know, if people do feel like very lonely or if you're, especially right after a relationship, I think that's so normal to feel that absence. And, but it's like such a good time to like call up old friends or meet new friends or, or find things that interest you. So you are around community and that really, I think all of these things too, that we're talking about are things that make you a really good partner to somebody else. They make sure you have a lot of like self-knowledge and structure and support system. And so that way you're bringing someone in based on all the right reasons, not because you're lonely or you're scared or you're bored. You're bringing someone in like, wow, this person really like adds to the life I've already created. And I think that, you know, even with my clients who are seeking partnership, you know, it's like everything you do in that single department can help prepare you to be a good partner and have a really good relationship that you bring in. Yeah, completely. I so agree. And that's, I mean, and that's kind of what we were talking about. It's just so true that you are focusing then on enhance somebody enhancing your life compared to just being like, Oh, well I'm lonely and sad. So this person's going to make me not lonely and sad anymore. And just adding them in and then they end up not being good for you being toxic, maybe not, but still. 
who knows? And you've just settled for it, essentially. Yeah. How do you those um, loneliness and isolating feelings? It takes over so much, I feel like. And when you have to spend so much time alone, it's like, okay, great. I can do all the hobbies and try to connect with people and stuff. But still, when you're laying in bed at night, you can be like, oh my God, like, I hate this. I feel lonely and isolated. So what would you say to yeah, combat? absolutely. I mean, I think part of it, truthfully, is kind of just experiencing it. You know, there's different things you can kind of try to do, but I think part of it, again, like I really feel we're here to experience things and understand things and create kind of compassion and, and different things like that. So, I mean, I think telling my clients like, this is normal. This is a normal part of, you know, the healing process and the grieving process and, um, and finding things too, that really do, I mean, help you feel connected can, make sure that when you go to bed at night, you're so tired, you're like, whatever, <laughs> like, I'm fine having the bed to myself. I love it. It's good. Um, but you know, also like single time is like a great time for pets. Like there's just always like, there's little things you can do to help with that. But I also think, I mean, it's not like a super fun thing because I think people really want to numb that out. But I think if you can really sit in it and maybe even journal it, maybe talk about it, like just really feel it because this is, part of that experience. And that also, I think, helps you really appreciate the friends in your life. It helps you appreciate when you do have a partner come in, you have that memory of like, wow, I was really lonely. This feels so nice to have this partnership. And it almost makes you more appreciative of that because I definitely see people who are kind of like serial relationship people. They almost like take, they start taking that partnership for granted in a way that people who have been single a while don't they really value their partner and the nice things they do and even just their presence like you know like and I I mean I think we've all experienced that too where you've been single and then you're in partnership and you come home and the person's like cooked dinner for you and you're just like oh my god this is so lovely whereas people who've just had serial partnerships just kind of are like oh yeah they're supposed to do that like they just kind of start taking it for granted yeah. almost and um, so I think there's just value in all of the experiences, even the ones that don't feel good, even the ones that we really wish weren't happening or that we could numb out. I think like, you know, it makes you such a strong, compassionate person if you can sit in it and feel it and be like, this is, this is supposed to be happening right. this is part of this process. Yes, completely. Oh my God. That's so true. And I've never even, I mean, like being able to feel through the emotion would make you be able to love yourself more even to them because you're knowing yourself better. You're knowing how you handle that situation. If you are feeling lonely in a relationship, you kind of know what you're feeling like and how you show up. And I don't know, you'd mm -hmm. be able to detect it quicker because obviously you can feel lonely in relationships too. So you can communicate that to mm -hmm. them. So that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, what? So we talked about the societal pressure to kind of be in a relationship. What are some strategies to overcome that? I think honestly, just look at the statistics. <laughs> like that societal pressure is like we're watching that promise fall apart, right? Because especially like our generation, um, you really see like I have people my age who are on their second divorce. And so they're dating again after their second divorce. I know people who are one divorce and I know people who are single. Like I know people in all kinds of stages, but I think we've really seen the breakdown of um, this formula we've been taught 
of like, you go to college, you get a job, you get married and you start having kids and and that's it. You should be happy with that. You should know who you want to be with by 25. Like that formula does not work. And I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions (laughs) to that rule. Some people do, I'm sure. But I think, um, I think at 25 or, you know, even in your twenties, you're really still figuring out so much about who you are and what you want. And people aren't necessarily doing the work to, to figure that out. And they're just kind of partnering up and, you know, they're basing that on kind of like a fleeting sort of like being enamored or, or what they think is love or, or whatever it is. And that feeling goes away and then, or, you know, fades out because in relationships it does, even if you're a great fit with somebody, there's just times you're like, oh, you're so annoying right now. <laughs> like, I just want to face from you right now. Like, that's normal, but people experience that and they're like, oh, this is over, you know, because they don't have anything else built other than that kind of like falling in love feeling. And so I think we're really looking at the fallout from all of that and we see it, you know, we really shouldn't be getting two, three divorces. Like, I mean, no shade, it happens. But I think that if we're really doing what we can to put in the work and take the time and and push that societal pressure off of us as hard as it is, then we're looking at more successful relationships and we're not rushing into them. We're not feeling like we have to be in one and it doesn't matter which one, just as long as it is one. Um, Cause that feeling is just setting us up for failure. hundred percent. Completely. I mean, the thing too is the settling. And I think that is just so common, so common that people so settle. Common. It's like you, you think, well, this kind of has like limit glimpses. What word am I trying to use? Glimpses? I don't know. Whatever. Little pieces of what I think love should look like. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's like, you, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is it. I'll, I don't care that they do this, this, and this that I hate. I'll just push that to the side. I, I love you regardless. I, you know, whatever, but it's obviously not how it's supposed to be. If you actually yeah. take the to um, and giving something. up a lot of things too. That's what I really yeah. see a lot of also is, um, especially with some of the younger marriages. Um, and even when I say younger, I mean like twenties, like even like by 25 or whatever, which isn't really considered a young marriage, but, um, you know, I kind of consider it sort of young, but, um, sure. I see people coming with like, they've given up just entire aspects of themselves, entire aspects of goals, dreams, personality preferences I mean chunks of like who they are as a person and they've just put it to the side to make this relationship work and that's what I tell clients a lot because um you know I get that question especially with the astrology they're like oh is is this going to work is this meant to be and I tell people over and over we have so much free will in relationships like you can make something work you can bend in half you can cut off chunks of yourself you can make it work if you really want to, but do you want to do it that way? Is that the life you want? Is that the relationship you want? No, <laughs> hopefully not. Cause it's not sustainable either. Right. Well, and you're just, you're not happy at the end of the day, you look back on your life. Like, how are you going to feel when you're 90 years old? You're going to look back on your life and realize that you gave up all of this stuff just to be with this person that maybe isn't even around anymore, or I don't know, still does make you happy at the end of the day. It's just not a way to go about it completely. 
I love that. <laughs> so then what is kind of transitioning a little bit more into the relationship aspect, since that's what we're talking about, what is the difference between loving yourself when you're single versus in a relationship? What do you think is the biggest difference there? Yeah. I mean, it's a tough one because you're really now having to factor in an entire other person and their life and their preferences. And you have to, right. To make a relationship work, you really can't just go in fully. Like I'm going to keep my life exactly the way it was. So it does look different. And I think that's a part that people can struggle with too, because if you're, especially if you're not getting the right partnership. And I think that is really the key. I try to like drive in for people is like when it is the right partnership and the right compatibility, they should make you more of who you are, not less. They should help you with your dreams and your vision and your mission. And that to me is like the purpose of relationship personally. Like I think it's for transformation and I think it's for growth and elevation and to get us more in line with who we are and what we're here to do and what our calling or whatever you want to call it is. And to me, that is the key to a good relationship. So if you're finding the right partnership, that should actually feel a lot more natural to you that you're more in line with who you are, but you are still having some changes. And I think that's where people can get a little bit. It's just hard for everybody. I think to find that dynamic, you kind of swing one way, you swing the other. You're like, I don't need to go for my run today. We're just going to stay in bed all day. And then you go too far the other way where you're like never having days like that. And you're like, I'm just going to keep everything exactly as it was. So I think for everybody, it's a bit of a balance. It's a bit of a like, how do I keep myself intact here while also taking into consideration the partner and the relationship itself, which, you know, relationships act almost as like their own little organism where you're constantly like, balancing them. It's like its own little ecosystem. Like you're balancing it, you're feeding it, you're making sure it has like, you know, everything it needs to function. And so there's two individuals and then there's, you know, kind of the relationship energetic itself. And so I think that's just something that everybody has to learn on their own, but the very first starting point would be the alignment of the partner. And then it's a lot easier to kind of get that balance going. Yeah. Oh my God, just blew my mind. I never <laughs> thought of, <laughs> that's so true. That you, Well, first of all, you saying that there's two people and then the relationship is its own thing. Okay, like completely. That's so true. And yeah. oh my God, I feel like that changed a lot. <laughs> I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting with like doing this type of work because like, again, I really tap into that energy. So when I'm working with somebody, I almost am like feeling the relationship's own energy. I'm like, oh God, this is really tight. This is really like, it just, I feel it. It's like its own little, yeah, its own little ecosystem for sure. That is so cool. So, I mean, cause I think, I think the big thing with self-love and I love that you said that we still have to like, it's you have to do both. It's not like, oh, I have to just still love myself the same way that I always did or give yourself completed the relationship because I feel like it is so different. The love that you have for yourself and the healing that you do and the work on yourself that you do when you're single is so different than when you're in a relationship because one, well, because things come up in like singleness yeah, that would never love in a relationship and things that come up in a relationship wouldn't come up if you were single. So I think that that's like, it's huge to recognize that it is two separate things that you have to tend to each one. What do you think 
is what do you think you need to know in order to still love yourself and be in a relationship? Yeah, I think, um, again, that you're worthy of that love, that you're valuable as you are. And single being single really helps you with that, right? Because you can see that partners can kind of come and go. You're not really tied to like my worth is tied to somebody else. So being in the relationship, I think the self-love aspect is like, I'm worthy of that. I'm valuable as I am without anybody else, with somebody else, like who I am intrinsically is worth love and worth being nurtured and cared for. And then I think also a big thing I have people look for in partnership as well is how that person can support you when you are having things come up or things are happening in the relationship, because that's a huge aspect too. Like you were saying, things come up in relationships that don't come up when you're single because relationships are meant to help us with that, right? Like they're often reflections of our childhood dynamics or parent dynamics or whatever. And so you can be single for a while. You can go to therapy, you can work with astrologers, you can heal, you can do all the things, but it's just like kind of mixing chemicals. Like there's just, you can only prepare so much and then you have to get back in the water (laughs) and see what happens. And it's going to bring stuff up that you're like, I did not see this coming. Okay. And so you're trying to kind of work through that. And I think how your partner supports you radically affects your own self-love in that process. Because if you have a partner that really doesn't know what to do or can't handle it, or doesn't look at things the same way and kind of alienates you, then you can really start doubting yourself and, and feeling awful and feeling alone in the relationship. Whereas a partner who's really there to support you in your growth and your transformation is going to kind of get in there with you and, and do some of the dirty work with you. Not that they can do your work for you, but that they can support you as you know, you're communicating like, hi, like I'm really triggered by that. I'm not entirely sure why, but I'm really upset. So like, let me work on that. And having somebody be like, great, let me know how I can support you in that. It's huge yeah. versus somebody being like, why are you fighting with me? Why are you starting something You're so crazy? Like, obviously, yeah. that is not the partnership you want to bring in. And that matters like a ton, a ton, a ton that matters with our own self-love within the confines of a relationship. Completely. It completely changes the dynamic and it makes the healing easier. And it, it's it is those um relationships that enhance your life it, are, is that person going to make it better for you or is that going to make your life better is it going to make yourself love better all of those things or are they going to make it worse and, and trigger it even further and put you down for the things that are already upsetting to you and you don't know why mm-hmm. or whatever or you do know why it's completely mm-hmm. do you, so do you think because I just I have to ask do you think that you could teach a person how to support you better or do you think that you should be with somebody that just gets it and does. I love that question. Cause I get it so much. <laughs> it's such a good one. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's a great question because I think it's twofold, right? I think it's dual and I kind of give clients different advice based on like, if they're casually dating versus if they're married, because if you're married, you're in it, you're committed, you have kids. I'm going to encourage you to do more work and transformation Whereas if you're casually dating, I'm going to encourage you more to find somebody that's naturally compatible because you have more of an option to do that. But okay. I think there are definitely ways people 
can learn to be more supportive of you. I think there is a natural alignment with how people handle things. So even just like, um, I use this example a lot. It's, um, you know, as like I'm an Aries. And so when I have um, tough situations in my life, I really like a partner who can like get on board with me and be like, awesome. Like, let's, let's look at the obstacle here. Let's see, let's brainstorm some ways you can get you know, here are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Like, that's what I need. I need somebody like in the, in the trenches with me on the battlefield. Right. Um, and I had a partner once who was just like, I mean, there was just so much going on in my life. It was like, I mean, explosions everywhere. Right. And I was talking to him about it on the phone and he was like, Oh, I wish I was there to give you a hug. I was like, that is nothing close to what I need for me right now. This is not it. But it's funny because who like depending on who I tell that story to, like I can tell what they need because I've had friends who are like, oh, that's so sweet. He said that. And I'm like, see, that's your pairing. That's like a partnership that would work really well for you. Um, but so like, could I teach somebody how to be more supportive for me in that moment? Probably. Would that be his natural alignment or would he feel like I was like forcing him to, to show up in that way? Maybe, you know? Um, so for me, like, since we were just kind of casually dating, like I ended things pretty much like the next week because I was like, this is not the partnership that I, I want out of this. Um, but I was casually dating him. Right. So it didn't matter as much as like, if I were married to him, then I would really have to think about like, let me try this. So I think there's like a natural alignment that you can have of people supporting you in a way. And that can fall into like, um, I see that a lot with people with like religion and, or spirituality or whatever, they want to be supported in a way like, you know, if they're, let's say Christian, they want kind of like that lens of support. Like they want maybe somebody who like shows up and, um, reads like a Bible verse with them. I mean, I don't know, whatever. It's just a random example, but, um, (laughs) you know, they want someone who like, that's their, that makes them feel whole. That makes them feel supported. That makes them feel loved. So that's natural alignment, right? Could you get like a Buddhist to do it and show up that way? Like, Maybe, but would they enjoy that process? Like, probably not, you know? So even within that confine, but just even generally, like, um, just personality-wise. So, like, yes, it's kind of a long answer to your question, but, like, yes, you can teach people how to be more supportive and show up in a way that you prefer. Do I think that's worth it when you're casually dating? I, I think probably it's better to find someone who already has that personality type that shows up in a way that aligns with you, if possible, right? Completely. When you say casually dating, are you saying like couple months dating or like, are you saying just you're not married yet? Yeah, like you're not married. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're again, like I think the effort probably goes as far as the commitment goes, right? Like, so if you're living separately you've gone on a few dates over a few months you're maybe exclusive with each other but um you're not living together i feel like you're you're again looking at like the compatibility piece if you've already moved in together and you're in this living situation i think that is probably more worth again like because you obviously have other factors that are working so that might be more worth you putting in the effort and then of course if you're married and have kids like that's like you know, but again, that's opinion based. There are people who would prefer to just end the marriage or whatever. 
I would say, give it, give it the try. You know, if it were me and my, and my <laughs> yeah. friend, I would be like, I really want to know that I tried everything, but, um, for sure. but that's different for everybody. And, and there are people who are, um, in just like relationships that aren't married that do come to me and say like, no, I really want to work on this. I really want to try. And that's their choice, right? Like, I'm not ever going to say to somebody, you should really just give up on this. <laughs> like if they, yeah, right. <laughs> if they right. really want it, like, I'm like, I will support you on this journey. This is your decision. Yeah. I'm here to give you all the tools I can. But, um, you know, as far as like what I would recommend for somebody who is like, just listening on the podcast, like if you're just casually dating somebody and they're very different, then I would really look at like, you know, because again, with the marriage piece, people almost like forget. It's like, this is, you're asking for like a lifetime commitment. That's what you're, that's what marriage is. We forget that because we like see celebrities making it 30 whole days. Um, but <laughs> like realistically, or like what it's meant to be, it's like, can you live with this thing or without this thing for the rest of your yeah. life? And if the yes. answer is like, no, I really can't. I like, I, for me, the answer to like, you know, even though it was like a big, um, you know, crisis moment in my life in the scheme of things with that partner, you know, that's nothing compared to like, you know, having kids or being in a marriage with somebody. So I'm like, if this, if we're not even making it on this level, then could I live with this type of handling of crisis for the rest of my life? And it was like, no. I could not do that. And I don't want to have to teach somebody how to, because also too, I'm not sure um, how teachable that would be for somebody that different in personality. Um, I mean, he could probably do it, I guess, but I think it would probably feel very unnatural for him and, and very like, he was much more passive and and he was a Libra. So very calm, very peaceful. And um, and very like emotional. And I was just like, I really need like, somebody to take charge with me right now. Like, but that's a very different personality type than what that person had. So could they do it? Maybe. Do they want to do it? Probably not. Is it going to feel even real to me or especially helpful? And do I want to live with that for the rest of my life? And like, for me, that answer was like a resounding no, like lovely person had a lot of fun. We're not, we're not meant for like marriage, you know, and that's okay. That's totally fine. And again, like obviously by my, some of my friends responses who are like, that's so sweet. I'm like, you are going to find somebody out there who loves that. that. Like that. Yeah. Well, it makes me think too, though, if it's not his natural response, then he also would, is, is he giving up a piece of who he is in order to, I don't know, meet, meet you or meet whoever partner he's with? If that's the yeah. way he naturally responds to things compared to having to like, workshop this whole answer that is good enough I don't know you know yeah yeah exactly yeah completely do you think so what are healthy boundaries to establish with your partner to maintain your sense of self then yeah I mean I think first off knowing what your boundaries are in your single world right um as far as like that's a really good time to know like okay, I really do well when I have some alone time. I really do well um, when I have a lot of social interaction. I really do well with X, Y, or Z thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know, five minutes after I get home from work, I I have got to like go get some water and stand on the balcony. Like (laughs) learning those things about yourself when you're single 
And figuring out those boundaries really helps when you're coming into the relationship because they can kind of just stay intact. Like now you're just communicating. Um, you know, when I get home from work, like I really will want to talk to you, but I really need that decompression time of 10 minutes. Like, and if you're setting that up beforehand, nine out of 10 partners in that scenario, you're going to be like, oh, great. No problem. Thanks for letting me know. If you haven't set that up and you go in and then they're like right in your face, talking to you, wanting to hug you and you're fighting, now you've got kind of an issue and you've got a whole different system that is created. Whereas if you had just set that boundary up from the get-go, you've avoided all of that. So I think knowing, and again, some of it you don't know until you're in it and it depends on the person and what they're bringing to the table. And it could be like, you didn't have that boundary in past relationships, but this new partner is like very excited in the evening and they just really want to talk to you in a way that previous partners didn't. So like, sometimes you have to just kind of figure them out as you go, but I think communicating them as quickly as you can is really the key and doing it in the kindest way you can is another really big key, but knowing yourself is always the starting gate for figuring out what boundaries you genuinely need and then communicating them, you know, as fast as you can so that there's not these like big blowups. Yes. It makes me think of um, people that if you're ever in a relationship that they almost fake it or like do what they, what you want for the first couple months and Mm. then it's not who you are. So naturally you stopped acting that way, like coming Mm. home and, talking to you all the time. Cause Oh, he just wants to talk to me. It's no big deal. I can let go of my decompression time and I'll just talk to you. And yeah. then after time building resentment, and then you start to try to set the boundary and then you're fighting, like you're talking about. And it's like, but you used to do this. This isn't who I started dating or agreed to yeah. dating. And, and yeah. obviously it can be bigger topics than just talking after work. Right. Right. And that plays into trust with couples too, like in the comfort level of the relationship, because, um, And I was literally talking to somebody about this just the other day. I was like, I mean, think about you really need that trust with someone that they are going to hold their boundaries because you're not in their head. You don't know. And so like if you ask somebody like, oh, can you pick up the dry cleaning on your way home from work? And they're like, yeah, like I can do that. And then they're mad about it. You're like, I don't understand, you know, versus if they had just been like, you know what, like, I, I genuinely can't, like, I don't have time for that today. Then you can just be like, Oh, great. I'll get it on my way to work tomorrow or whatever. It's not a big deal. But if you're harboring that resentment and that resentment always comes out, your truth never goes away. You cannot shove that down. It will come out. <laughs> like, so I always recommend trying to let it come out when you have control of your emotions and control of the situation versus when you're down the path of resentment or, you know, drunken at a party, like these are yeah. not the ways. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, so, but that plays into that trust of like how much more relaxed is it if you know that you can ask your partner to do something or not do something. And if it genuinely bothers them, they're going to respond versus like you don't know if it truly, you're like now you're anxious, you're trying to second guess, you're like, looking at their schedule, like, do they have time to pick up the dry cleaning? Like, should I even ask them? Like, you know, now you've like created so much anxiety in the relationship versus and distrust and and just like discomfort versus if you can trust 
that I'm going to tell you when something's upsetting me and I can trust when you're going to tell me if something's upsetting you. If you're not saying something's upsetting you, then I can just let that go. I'm like, oh, he's fine. He genuinely has time to pick up the dry cleaning. (laughs) Like it's, if he didn't, he would tell me like that is vastly, yeah, like vastly more comfortable, but people do it all the time. And it really messes with the trust of each other. Yes. Oh my God, completely. And and it's, it is so like the tiniest things. (laughs) Like obviously these are really random small examples, but like, you know, I mean, that really is what makes up, makes it up because over time, if you keep doing that, or I can picture like, you know, you're, you aren't happy, but you're just going through the motions because you don't have the balls (laughs) to end the relationship. And you are building the resentment, finding things about that person you don't like, but the person is not a mind reader and has no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I feel like 90% of it, like one person's upset and the other person has no idea that they've done anything. (laughs) They're like, but you said you could do it. Like, I don't get it. Completely. So do you think that there's a good way to communicate those needs without sacrificing yourself like for people that might be a little bit more afraid to communicate that what advice would you give them yeah absolutely um so this is where I actually get really into astrology with people of like what their natural communication style is because that's I feel like with it there's it's hard to find a one-size-fits-all for it because like you know, um, like again, for example, I'm an Aries. So in a, my communication center is an Aries. And so I'm very fiery with my communication. I actually, my work is to be more tactful <laughs> in how I present my boundaries, um, and okay. to express them like in a more, I guess, like tactful way. Cause I'm, I'm definitely more one to be like, don't do that. <laughs> it's like, that's not like, <laughs> that's not very kind, right? Like, so that's my work as that communication style or to, I've definitely spent several rounds of in my lifetime of like shoving down my feelings or not communicating at all. And then just exploding. Right. So I think every individual person has their own work in how they express boundaries. And that's what I do with my clients too, is I get really into like, what is your natural communication style? And then what, where do you need to work on it? Right. Because are you coming in too hot? Like I do, are you like more afraid to do that? Or are you like more strict? Like maybe a Capricorn would be very like, you come home at five, you do this thing. And like, that's just kind of their nature. That's how they communicate. Um, so I would really get with them individually of like, what is your natural style? And let's try to work with what you're already doing and then how you can improve it. Right. Because you already have a style. Everybody does. Um, and like, so for example, too, with like uh, a Libra Libras are, um, can be very avoidant of conflict. They're very people pleasing. A lot of the time they really like to keep the peace and even taking the astrology out. There are just some personality styles, right? Like if people aren't comfortable with the astrology piece, like if that's you, as a person, like you're very people pleasing. You don't want to rock the boat. Um, I really work with them on understanding that peace at any price is like not real peace and that builds resentment. And so you're actually really doing something positive for the relationship when you're communicating. It's not mean boundaries aren't mean. This is healthy, right? Like this is creating a good dynamic. So I'll have them do things like before they go into a tough discussion, I'll have them write down kind of the key points they want to get across because they're really likely to 
get into the middle of the conversation, it might get a little bit like escalated or heated. And then they're just like, well, never mind. It's fine. I'm fine. We don't need to talk about this. But if they have that little piece of paper that they've really worked on and they're like, no, like, even if this is heated, I got to get through this checklist. Like I got to do it. Then it gets them through it. And they've at least said what they need to say of like, I, you know, I hear you're upset, but like, I really need X, Y, or Z out of this. And I, I can't compromise that because it's really hurting me and like giving them kind of something to hold on to, to get through those boundaries. And anybody can do that. Like if they, again, like it's, it's very much personality style. Um, you know, like for me, it's, it's again, kind of the opposite of a Libra because Aries and Libra actually are opposite. But for me, it's more like, um, I'll kind of veer off. Like if somebody starts raising their voice at me, then I'm going to start raising it back. And it's like, now we're off on this whole other thing. So for me, it's more like, as opposed to avoiding the conflict, I almost dive too much into it. (laughs) It's like, now we've lost the whole plot, you know? So for like the Aries out there, it's like, if you wanted to write something down that keeps you, you know, that's a, a tactic sometimes I use that keeps me on plot of like, I'm not here to argue about this. I'm here to have this like discussion and get this point across and, and, you know, do it in as kind of tactful. And sometimes I like make myself little scripts because like it's just helpful to like practice. Like, is this tactful enough for like what I'm trying to get across? Um, but yeah, I think to each his own, like that's where, like, I think knowing your own style and where, um, what your obstacles are can really help you like learn how to have boundaries correctly and have conversations and conflict management in a really personalized way so that the relationship really thrives and benefits and you as an individual, right? Because, you know, you have to learn these things. Like, you know, obviously like I have to learn to have good boundaries with friends, with family, with work, like all of that needs to be done tactfully. So what I'm practicing in my personal relationships comes with me into everything. So it's like, it's good for your individual growth as a person to learn your own communication style and boundary setting as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it gives you a starting point. Like I love that because I feel like when you are just thinking in air, like you're like, Oh, how do I do this? It's, you can start to like get overwhelmed and spiral and not know what to do. But if you really think about leaning into your own communication style, it would completely bring so much clarity into your, your own life, into your relationship. That's an awesome piece of advice. That's so true. How do you know, like, what's a good way to find out what your, like what your communication style is? Just Googling it or. (laughs) If you do know, like your astrology, that actually gives you like immediately a heads up of what it's probably going to be. You can also like look in past relationships. You can even ask friends if you have like, you know, close ones that you trust, or you can look at like, you know, what's been echoed back to you over time, um, in different situations and, you know, with a grain of salt, I guess, but like, you know, for me, like somebody saying like, you're really intense in how you communicate, like that would not shock me because I've heard it, Yeah. Often. you know, like, and so somebody being told like, you're really avoidant, you really like run from conflict. Like you're probably not like, you've probably heard that before, right? Like it's probably not super surprising. And some of it can, you know, be um, what we're taught as well. Like, you know, you could um, 
feel like you have to kind of bend to the will of somebody else. So you're actually more, maybe even a fire communicator, but you've been taught to like shove that down. Um, and so it really kind of depends, but I think if you can look back on your life and your other interactions, um, and kind of see like what's been echoed back to you or what you feel, um, or even just like, you know, thinking about how you've handled conflict in the past, like what, what do you do? What do you say? Is it like, you know, you avoid it at all costs until you absolutely don't have to, or, you know, are you like the first one in the fight? Are you starting the fight every time? Or like, what is it? You know, I think looking at yourself and kind of mapping that out, I think the, the quick method is the astrology. (laughs) Like, I think you're, that's your hack, right? Like that's to like, look at it and like, I could look at someone's Mercury and their sun sign and maybe their moon sign and I could figure it out pretty fast. But, um, if you, are wanting to keep the astrology off the table, then it's really just, you know, what again is being echoed back to you. That could be a good starting place for how you handle and communicate um, generally. And then conflict can also be a little bit of a different bag, just um, depending on how triggered you are and and different things. Because everybody, like, if you're super triggered, everybody's screaming, you know, everybody's yelling, everybody's not very tactful. So I don't mean when you're like at your very most triggered, like it's more like, what is your general, if somebody didn't do the dishes, what would your, um, how would you address that? That would be a good, a good starting point, I guess. Like as an Aries, I'd be like, uh, can you do those? <laughs> like those have been in there for a yeah. week as a Libra, sure. they just go in and do them themselves. Like that could be a starting point. Well, it makes me think too, with the astrology is that if you like look that up it's the same idea of like asking friends and family and being like oh yeah that's me like that makes yeah. sense it, it, no yeah. matter what you do it's like you're gonna know what your communication mm-hmm. style is you might just need a little bit of prompts mm-hmm. to, to get there it yeah. makes me think of ways that you um because I feel like this is all really good to keep your sense of self is there what would be some indicators that somebody is sacrificing themselves too much in a relationship. Yeah. I mean, um, if you feel you could feel it, I think for one, I think you're feeling like you're losing touch with friends or family. You're losing touch with things you used to love. You're acting in ways that don't really resonate with you. You're kind of like, I can't believe I did that. Or like, I can't believe I said that, or I can't believe I agreed to that. That was, that would be mine that I've experienced a lot is like, I'd be like, I can't believe I agreed to that. Like, why would I do that? Like, and I think it's like, you can kind of see like, um, you're just kind of acting out of character or like, you know, sometimes people will say, will tell me like clients will tell me that their friends have, have said to them, like, you know, like you're, you're acting really different or like, we don't see you anymore. Like, you know, they'll get kind of feedback from people. And again, grain of salt with all of the feedback from the external, but I think, internally you're you just don't feel right or you feel like you're having to walk on eggshells or um you know there's all kinds of indicators one of them is um a big one actually is like if you feel like you have to be around that person all the time that's a big indicator and I can see it with like um and I think we all can think of an example probably like um the person who like brings their boyfriend to an all-girls brunch the boyfriend who like doesn't let his girlfriend have a weekend alone I mean it's just like if there's um if you have this feeling that you have to be 
you have to bring them to everything. You have to be around them all the time. And it's not even necessarily that, that it's toxic and abusive all the way on that side of the spectrum. Since it could just be, it's like, they don't have a sense of themselves. If this person's not there, you know, they really associate themselves as so-and-so's partner, or, you know, this is what we really like to do, or like, you know, or if it's very different from, you know, what they did in their single life. And I mean, you're going to have change, you're going to have growth, different things, but if it's, you know, vastly different, um, I think those are really good indicators that like something's just off because a very like comfortable, healthy relationship, you should be able where you're really aligned with yourself. You should be able to do things by yourself. You should be able to like, even if you're not doing anything, if you're like, I just want to sit on my couch and watch Netflix all night, like you should feel comfortable voicing that, doing that, you know, and if you feel like you can't and you have to be with them, it's almost like that partner is like holding up your personality a little bit. And like, they don't know like who they are outside of that. And, you know, especially you see it so much in like marriage and kids and, it's like, no, I am this person's wife. Like that is who I am as a person. And it's like, no, that is the partnership you're in. Who are you right. when he's at work? Who are you when he's like, right. if he goes on vacation, who would you be? Like, I mean, you're always like married or whatever, but like, you know, I think you see no, that. Right. It's like over-identifying with the person and the relationship. And I think that's where you can really see like, you know, you want to step back and you want to see like where you are in all of this. Yeah, for sure. Well, so what would be your best um, advice or outlook on loving yourself in a relationship? What that looks like? Like what does healthy loving yourself in a relationship look like? Honestly, that you're happy. (laughs) That's another one that we forget a lot (laughs) that we were like, no, the relationship is great and we're doing so well and I love them so much and everything's perfect. And you're like, you are clenching that table so tightly. Like, are you happy in this or are you like, you know, but like I can tell when my clients have entered a successful relationship because they're like genuinely happy. And I know that sounds like a very low bar, but it really is something we forget all the time. And I'm like, you should be happy. You should be living genuine happiness and you're trying to convince yourself that you are. Yeah, yeah. Or you're like in social media trying to convince it. I'm talking like you can see it like night and day, especially when you do this type of work. Um, it's like they're just genuinely happy and they're living their best life. They're like, you can see them actually becoming more successful in things, or like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I tried meditation and I love it now. And like, I mean, you can see them like growing as people growing in the relationship. And obviously, you know, we're not happy every single second or whatever, but you can see like genuine compatibility, genuine alignment. Um, I had a client who like was in a relationship and it was like, fine. It was okay. He was like, there's nothing wrong with it, but there really wasn't anything like right either, which is another thing we see a lot. Um, But, you know, it wasn't toxic by any means. It just wasn't I don't know. Amazing, I guess. Um, so they broke things off and then he got with, um, a new partner and it's like, you see it, like he dropped like 20 pounds. He like this great new job. They bought a house together. He's like going to the gym. She's like, they got a puppy. They like, and like, I mean, it's like his whole life just took off their traveling. They like went to like Iceland for new years. Like 
you just see it's so different than being in a settled whatever relationship. And I'm sure there's, you know, problems. Everyone has their fights, whatever. But like, he is like over the moon, like everybody's happy and there. And he's so successful, like health wise, emotion wise, career wise, like even um, commitment wise. Right. Because he was like living with roommates. Um, this was like in LA. So that's normal <laughs> but for people in their thirties. Um, and then to go from that to like buying a house, like taking that big step with somebody and like, you know, his whole life just like blossomed. And it's like, oh my God, I wish I could like use that as a poster child for like, this is what it should look like. Like, like the compatibility and like, you're, he's just so happy and his life took off. And like, you know, I feel like that's the big indicator is like, are you even happy in this? Because if you're not happy, that's a problem. (laughs) Yes. And and again, like trying to convince yourself that you are like thinking like, oh, well, I love them enough. So I'm, I can be okay with this. I understand this about them and I'll love you regardless. But I can think of birds I view. I can think of past relationships that were the ones that were okay, you know, nothing kind of like him, that it's like nothing too horrible, but there's nothing great either. And relationships that were horrible. And either it is very much like all consuming. You're so focused on trying to make it work and trying to make it better and trying to talk yourself into what it it is and looking for signs that you're doing the right thing or Mm -hmm. you're in a healthy relationship. But then now being in, for me personally, being in a relationship that I think is really healthy, it's just like, it's just it is that way it's not like yeah, you have it to. is yeah there's not a whole lot of like huge soul-crushing compromises if anything right. you're more yourself and like this person is like more himself it's like him like under a spotlight or something like it's just bigger version of like who he was and I think that's like yeah, I think that's really the goal. And I, I just really wish I could like use that as an example somehow for everyone to see like if your relationship doesn't look like this, like tweak it. Like, yeah, off, like <laughs> check it. Like, it should yeah, you should be happy. You should be enjoying it. Like, especially in the early phases. Like I get people who've been together for like three months and they're like, you know, having problems, like big problems. And I'm like, this is your honeymoon period. Like you should be like living your best life right now. It shouldn't be this hard, you know, like, especially if you're just dating, you know, I mean, you really need to build that foundation of like love and trust and excitement. And you should have the honeymoon phase. It's a great phase. Like, and if you don't ever even have that, that's war. I mean, it's not going to get better from there. (laughs) Like, People give into wanting to be in a relationship so bad that they don't care what it looks like. And so it's yes. like you finally one and you're experiencing that and you're like, but I know that I have to work in a relationship and I know that, you know, I, I don't want to go back to being single or, or, or I know that this is the stage in life that I'm at. I'm at a certain age. I can't just give mm-hmm. it up, whatever your reason is, but it's, but yeah, but they, I don't know. It's just like, don't, it's not worth it. It doesn't have to be that way. And, and that's exactly. not what it's it shouldn't. And, and that's another one I've heard a lot too, from people who I, I feel like have really settled is like, oh, well, this is like the reality. Like relationships are hard. The world is hard. This is real life. This is being a grown up. This is, I don't know, yes. like all of these things. And I'm like, 
so you feel like the reality is that you have to like settle. Like I'm confused. And that's, I feel like the couples that you really see down the road who sort of morph into like you hear, like, we feel like business partners. We feel like ships in the night. We feel like, you know, like it's an agreement. And I, I think I see that a lot from people who are like, yeah, this is hard or yeah, it's not a fairy tale, but this is real life. And yeah, right. you have to work in relationships. And I'm like, well, yeah, in relationships, but you've been together like three months. Like this is like dating. Like you should <laughs> got married for 10 years. Like that's when the work is coming. Like you should be happy right now. Right. Also the work in relationships should be you and that person, you and your partner against the issue, not you and your partner consistently against each other. Yeah. And like fighting over who should give up entire aspects of their personality. Like, I don't feel like that's like, natural alignment but I I swear I think it's like this very minimum standard that gets shoved down of like well that's a fairy tale or that's this or that's not real or or whatever and like so happiness in your relationship is a fairy tale like like not being miserable in a relationship is a fairy tale like just think about like the logic behind that like why are you in it at all were you happy single like you know these are all the questions that you know you kind of put back at them and they're like you know what, now that you say that out loud, it really doesn't make sense. But I mean, you hear it just, I hear it all the time. Like, yeah, we don't get along on like, you know, these really five important things, but you know, I'm this age. So like, it's whatever. And it's like, no, you're going to find your person when you find your person. Like you're, that's the universe's timeline. That's not your timeline. Like you know, there, I don't think it's like musical chairs where you have to like, okay, well I'm 35. So let me sit in this relationship because I don't have any other choice. It's like, <laughs> that's not the way it works, you know, or <laughs> it's not the way we want it to work. <laughs> like, Oh, absolutely. I love that. So to wrap things up, I like to play a game with my guests called kind of toxic kind of well, it, I think it really highlights for my guests that seem to have it all together that everybody's human and has their own emotions. Oh, yeah. I have so many. My guests are so healed. They are able to like spin or answer things in a way that shows that you are healed. Like maybe <laughs> yeah, <some right>. <laughs> so okay. whoever you want to answer, it's really great. I love this. Them. I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> what or who were you jealous of? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I, it's kind of cliche, I guess, but it is real. Um, I'm so like jealous of like Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Like I am like, I want to be in my power that hard that I am just selling out like stadiums and that I can like just do whatever I want and be a billionaire. And like, yeah. And just being in that feminine power too. Like, I'm just like, just owning that. Like, I love that. I'm so jealous of it. (laughs) I love that answer. That's awesome. (laughs) When is the last time you peep up, please, instead of doing or saying what you really wanted? Oh, man. Um, I mean, that's like something I really, really have worked on um, because like definitely that was I was I've been a people pleaser for a very long time, which is hard as an Aries, because then that creates like the inevitable explosion, um, which is why I feel like I'm so good at those things now is like, and that's another thing I tell my clients all the time is like, first of all, I'm always still working on stuff. Like I have like the relationship expert title and do all these things. And like, I'm featured in people magazine and Cosmo, like, 
I still have problems that I have to work on too. And most of the things that I know, I know them because I did them. So I can tell you why they don't work. And I can pick up the energy of you doing it without you saying it because I've done it. So um, I will tell you people pleasing like was a big one for me. I actually had it more in the friend department than I've ever had it in the relationship department. I don't know why that is exactly. Um, I guess maybe like if you're looking at parental stuff, like I have, my father is a lawyer. I come from a family of lawyers. So like I really had to stand up for myself in roles with my parents. And so if that flows into relationships, I'm much more comfortable with that in that arena than I am with friends. With friends, I'm like, you want to borrow my car and run me over with it? Like, please do that. Like, <laughs> and so, and I'm really bad. The last one I did, um, I'm in North Carolina right now. This is where I grew up. This is where I'm from. Um, and so I like went to lunch with somebody that I was like, I don't want to do this. I, I don't really, I don't want to go here. I don't really want to see them. And, but then I was not that I didn't want to see them, but I guess it, I was just feeling like, um, just not feeling it, I guess. And then I did it because I'm still working on that. And, and with friends, especially, especially old friends that I've known, you know, for a very long time. And, and then I just felt really drained after, like, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't, um, like I would, I felt like it was kind of awkward because I, I kind of didn't want to be there. And so I feel like they kind of picked up on that because I'm, I don't have a very good poker face. And so I love feeling kind of drained and like, I haven't really heard from them since. That. So I'm like, so it's interesting you ask because I'm like, wow, that was people pleasing to the 10th. Like, dang it. <laughs> do that. Like, I know not to do that. Like, oh my God. <laughs> when are you selfish? Um, I think with my goals, I can get really selfish. I, I think I can be really like, um, if you're not with me, you're against me. Like, if you're not gonna like, I don't know. I think with my, like, uh, yeah, with my goals, I can, I can get a little bit tunnel vision and, and kind of like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's not quite like using people, but it's not taking their feelings into consideration, I guess. So it would be like, oh, you did this thing for me. Okay, cool. Thanks. See ya. And then they're like, wait. <laughs> you know, like, um, so I think with my ambitions or like, you know, oh, I want to live in, this is my goal. I want to live in this city. So it's like, I kind of just tunnel vision. And I don't know. I think that's more where I'm, I can get a little bit selfish. I just don't, I don't mean to, like, it just doesn't even hit my radar. It would, I just, I don't even know how to explain it, which it's kind of the definition of selfishness when other people's feelings don't like register, but like, <laughs> it's like not helping my cause, but that genuinely is how it feels. Like I don't like, I just don't notice. I'm like, Oh man, that like, yeah. if it brings it to my attention, I'm like, wow, like I can see why you perceived it that way. And I'm really sorry. Like that wasn't the intent. It's just like, I don't know. It just feels like if you're running on a path or something and there's like little woodland creatures on the side, you're like, oh, that's nice to deer, but you're still like going and like somebody's <laughs> like, what is, what is like, happening? Like, you just don't register it. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird like tunnel. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> when, uh, what do you find yourself overthinking about? Oh, literally everything all the time. I'm such an overthinker. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, that's where meditation has really helped me where I can just empty my head because um, again, like I just really uh, can analyze situations to death. And like, again, like I think it's again, like this offshoot of being from a family of attorneys because like they even say like, you know, they're so good at what they do because they overanalyze every possibility that's going to happen in court. So when they go into court, they're like really aware of stuff. And so I see how they've channeled it into like something positive, but from like, I have to like actively work to do that. Um, because I think about like every bad situation that could possibly come of something or like, um, but again, I guess it is good with some of my work because like I have you know, with my clients, um, I have like contracts that have been approved by attorneys and different things because, um, and I keep like boundaries really clear and tight with them because in my mind, I'm thinking of all the different possibilities of like, how could this go right? (laughs) Like, how could this come back on me? And I've seen it happen, especially with like, um, you know, now we see like a lot of like life coaches, astrology, and, you know, maybe not for my like one-off astrology clients, but like for my longer term clients, I have the contract, but I've seen life coaches not use it. And I've seen them, um, have it come back on them. Like people just like not paying them or people like try like threatening, like, like lawsuits for not getting refunds or like whatever it is. And so I'm like, okay, so there are ways that it's good, <laughs> but then, when you're like going to dinner with someone and you're thinking of all the possible ways it could not go well, like that's, that's not fun. <laughs> Completely. Not fine. Oh my God. I love that. yeah. <laughs> that's so true. I like the way that you can use it to your advantage, but yeah. Yeah. yeah but you gotta work on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is a should that you have let go of? Um, kind of actually what what you were bringing up earlier, that societal pressure of like, I should be at this point, or I should be, um, you know, I should have like three kids by now, or I should have, you know, everything all figured out perfectly, or I should be like completely healed. Um, so really just that societal pressure of like, I should this, I should that, um, And I I especially too love that you do this because I think as a relationship person who like works with relationships there's almost like an additional societal pressure of like um that I should have everything all figured out in my own life and so just like really letting that go because it's like I think the sign of like a really and I tell my clients who you know want to refer friends to other people or whatever and like you know ask them what they're working on too like that should really tell you because anybody who's saying they've got relationships all figured out, then they've just stopped trying. They've stopped learning. They've stopped growing. We're not supposed to have everything all figured out. So I think we should always be like able to talk about openly, this is what I'm working on. And this is like why I can provide this to you or whatever. Um, But I think there's layers of that of, you know, I should have it all figured out because I'm speaking about it where I'm like sharing stuff about it. So it's like, I really, over the past year, I've just been like, but that's not even what I, what I tell my clients. I don't ever tell them that they're going to have everything all figured out or a perfect relationship. I, my messaging is transformation. My messaging is use this opportunity to transform constantly, to elevate constantly. So I feel like that along with like, oh, I should, you know, I should be like in this relationship space. I should have these kids. I should have all of these things. It's like, 
no, like, I should yeah, be doing so exactly fun. whatever the hell I want to do. And this is what I want to do. So yeah, I love that. Yes. <laughs> what makes you quick to get angry? What makes me quick to get angry? Yeah. Um, as an Aries, like everything, like I have the shortest temper, but, um, but those are kind of like little flares of like, oh, it's so annoying. But the stuff that really gets me like, um, I don't know, just like a sense of like injustice or like if somebody's like being unfair, or, like if somebody's like stepping on the little guy, like I get so mad about that. Like I just like get furious, like, um, yeah, or just like, like shaming people or judging. Oh, it makes me like, oh, it just like makes me furious. Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I love that. What are you afraid of? Uh, failure, hundred percent failure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you not have empathy for? Um, judgment is, is the hardest one for me. Like yeah, people who, that. but you know, what's ironic about that is like, that's me judging them for judging other people. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that's great. That's so it's infuriating. That. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So it's, I'm working on it, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Last one. If you could give one piece of advice to somebody trying to become more well than toxic or just, you know, improve themselves, what advice would you give them? Oh yeah. Just explore yourself. Really. I think that's the biggest way because again, like everybody, we, we see a lot of these one size fits all answers, but everybody's got their own very specific work. And like, that's kind of, you know, what you see with the astrology, like everyone's got this very unique birth chart that has very unique qualities. And it's like a little like fingerprint, you know, like everybody's got their own stuff to figure out and work on and, and heal. And it can come from a lot of different areas. And so I think like, you know, for me, the biggest thing that helped, you know, is exploring. And the thing I tell my clients is like, try out some different things, you know, go to some out of the box stuff, like an astrologer, go to, you know, um, a therapist or traditional therapist, go to somebody who maybe uses like the EMDR stuff or EFT, like the tapping or, um, you know, talk to like friends and family that you trust and look at old relationships, like explore yourself through the lens of a lot of different avenues and see what resonates with you. And then you can start to get an idea of what you personally can do to be more well and less toxic. And I think it's just such a more direct route because if you're just going on, you know, like reading this book or, and I think that's something I really found out in my healing journey, like these books are not one size fit all depending on what trauma you have, what mindset you have, what thoughts you have, especially with like money mindset and relationship stuff. I've noticed it's very unique to each person, what they're struggling with. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think like just exploring things that resonate with you and not feeling like you have to buy into every single one of them. And, you know, if you go to a therapist and you're like, this isn't doing it for me, like, that's okay. Find another one or find a different avenue or just like explore yourself as much as possible through all these different lenses. And then, you know, with all of it, just take what resonates with you and just leave whatever doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. That's such good advice. Where can people find you? Yeah, my website bethanynicole.com and my Instagram at bethanynicolelove. Perfect. I appreciate you, Bethany. Thank you so much for all of your information. You you gave so many good things and such good mindset shifts. And I really like, I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, love it. Thank you. Yeah.